1: This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Kia ora, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your favourite part of the week. Our, fa- our favourite part, <laughs> <laughs> part, <laughs> part of the week. Our favourite part of the week. Our favourite part of the week. Culture Vulture. I was just telling Liv, um, I don't really like a long weekend because I get back, when you're a business of only three people, essentially, you get back into a long week, uh, into the week and there's no one else there to pick up the slack, like no. it's on all of us to just
0: squish it all in. To- oh God, it is. It's like, you know, researching for your podcast or whatever, you have kind of like a lot less time and at 5.30am, I was in the car and... <laughs> On Monday morning and I get an email from Shit You Should Care about being like, from Lucy being like, please don't tell Liv and Ruby I'm working or whatever it is. (laughs) And I was like, oh my fucking God, that bitch is a workaholic.
1: (laughs) I know, I am a workaholic. But it's not to say that you all don't have to squeeze all your shit into those four days as well. It's just, I think it's an unpopular opinion that I would rather not have a long weekend than have one. That's unpopular.
0: That's fair enough. That's unpopular with me. Yes, Because I, know. I love the long weekend.
1: And so true. Um, but there's not more what describes my week... Um, what does describe your week?
0: Mm, it's not that good. It's <laughs> Nor is mine. No, it's, it's just getting worse and worse. Like, I
1: want to say Love Island because, spoiler, we have a Love Island debrief that we're launching next week, which is going to be a little mini podcast that you'll hear all about Um I'm sure you've already heard about me talking in the newsletter or maybe in an ad that we've already run. I'm not sure how things are going. It's a short week, you know. Um, I don't have my ducks in a row yet. <laughs> but the thing that describes my week, aside from Love Island, is last week me and Ruby got off a really long weekend. Oh, um, no, a really long meeting. And a really said, long weekend. You just can't get it out of your head. It's all you're funny. thinking about. <laughs> it's not, okay, it's, it's not even one of my strong opinions. It's just, <laughs> like, come out. <laughs> Um we got off a long meeting and Ruby just said I'm spent. And then Oh yeah, that was then. iconic. I've been thinking that the end of last week I was spent. Are you still spent? No, cuz I've just had look had a
0: really relaxing long weekend. <laughs> <You> just a <laughs> long, long weekend. good for me. at the fan.
1: end of this week though, I'll be fucking spent. <laughs> oh
0: god, I know I can feel it. I'm yeah. not spent yet,
1: but I will be. Um and then I also thought I'm spent because <laughs> I've recently been spending a lot of money but I'm really trying not to feel like guilty or bad about spending money because one the price of living is just going up up and up so you have to like fuel is so expensive but it's like something that I need to get to work especially if it's raining and I can't get on the bike.
0: Oh my god yeah I give myself like $50 a week to spend on petrol last week I spent like 130 Yeah. And I'm just like it's fine. It is and then I'm also like
1: we work really hard, and so I'm really trying to be, like, you... I don't spend money on shit things either. It's, like, enjoyable stuff. So I'm spent because I'm actually spending <laughs> as well. Live. Um,
0: love that. Liv, what describes your week, Okay, mine's also pretty fucking bad, but it's, like, just the fact that no one our age knows what the fuck they're doing. Which <laughs> <laughs> is not a hot take, but it was just so funny because my friends came up to Auckland, um... We went out for dinner on Saturday night, and it was just so so funny because they were trying to like figure out what they were doing next year and their travel plans. At the start of the dinner, they were going to go to Asia in like a few months' time or whatever. <laughs> Halfway through the dinner, they changed it to Mexico, and by the end of the dinner, they changed it to Europe. So it was just like we were all just sat there, like we Where are you actually, going? <laughs> yeah, we don't know how to live our lives, especially now that like you know, we've come out of COVID. Yes. And it's just like, there's too many options. We're all freaking the fuck out.
1: And we're a little bit older, so it's no longer like, cute, we're 19, we don't know what we're doing. It's like, no, I actually have a little bit of income. Yeah. I have the option, like the opportunity to go somewhere. Yeah, it's like,
0: that wasn't even the issue. It was just the fact that like, no one can choose shit anymore. And like, I don't know how I'd even
1: react, like, going on an international flight these days. I've, like, reverted into baby mode.
0: Honestly, that's my biggest fear at the moment. Fuck a flight. But, yeah, so
1: that's it. And Liv... More importantly, I realize that we haven't actually introduced to our wonderful listeners what the hell we're talking about today. It's quite an important one.
0: So do you want to intro us? What are we talking about? So we are talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard yet again. We've done a part one a couple of weeks ago that you guys seem to really enjoy. So we thought that we would kind of finish as as now the trial has Mm. finished, um, our whole sort of sentiment on it um so yeah that's what we're discussing today I think it's going to be really good because the last one was like context and
1: examples of their history their backstory which really helped Liv did the research and it really helped me understand as she was explaining it to me and I'm sure as a lot of you felt but then this one I feel like is more going to be we have a little bit of hindsight we've sat with the results of the case like Wrap it up wrap it and, it up just and actually send it into the past. Yeah, and then move along, and hopefully TikTok and the internet sort of goes back to normal because that was wild for a second there. Speaking of wild, mm-hmm. Liam painful. <laughs> nice segue. let um. Oh, we've extremely only got we've painful. only got one naughty or nice this week because, like, first of all, I know we're gonna have a big chat about Johnny and Amber, and second of all. Just all I can think about is Liam Payne. I just couldn't think of anything else to talk about. And so there's a lot to unpack with Mm -hmm. Liam Payne and we're not going to do it all. And I'm actually going to rush because I've been thinking about it too much. Fair enough. First of all, he's like launched a bunch of NFTs, which is like really dumb for him. Like, What type of NFTs? Just, I think he's been doing some little drawings and just wants to mint them, chuck them on the blockchain and do a quick pump and dump. As they do these days. (laughs) Make some quick money. Um, Just for the record, Web3 can be cool. I'm sure it's got some great use cases. NFTs, I'm not that into, which you've probably got by my sentiment on here. But I'm cautiously optimistic about the future because there's cool technology popping up all the time. Just thought I should put that in there. I think that's a nice place to be sitting. Yeah. Um, So with NFTs, I think for him, don't love it for him because I just don't think he's an artist except for a singer. But maybe he is. Anyway, then he cheated on his girlfriend and One Direction fans thought that he was with his girlfriend so they took a photo of him and this girl posted it online and then his girlfriend oh his fiance, I should say at the time was like this isn't me like people were tagging her in it thinking Do people just not know who she is or something no we know who she is she is she used to be a one direction fan she was like at their concerts and stuff oh my
0: god so it's like a real life um fan, fan fiction. fiction
1: anyway but then well it ended in a not fan fiction well, it ended in a not fairy tale because he was pictured with this other girl. People thought that it was Maya, his fiancee, were tagging her, and she had to comment something like, "Hey, I appreciate the fans so much, but it really hurts to see a photo of me
0: being uh, a photo of Liam and a girl that's not me being." Persecuted. Sorry, imagine that. One, your boyfriend's cheating on you. Two, everyone's tagging you in the picture Thinking of your boyfriend you. cheating on you. It's pretty diabolical. No, it's
1: diabolical. And then he, like, they obviously broke up, and then really quickly he stepped out with this new new girlfriend, the one he was pictured with cheating on his fiance. Anyway, so there was that saga. But the one that I'm going to talk about today is him going on
0: Logan Paul's podcast, mm. of all people. What is it called? Impulsive. Impulsive. Great name. Yeah, like, I hate is. to say it. Fucking great I know, name. I know. I know. It could have come straight out of your brain.
1: Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> anyway, don't love the podcast. Don't really love the dude either. But Liam Payne went on... Um, impulsive probably because he couldn't get on James Corden or Jimmy Fallon or this whatever. This is what
0: I thought was so weird. Side tangent with yeah. um, you know how you made me watch James Corden's kind yeah. of thing with Harry Styles and them recording Daylight. Okay Harry does not say a did single t- word. What I say? Oh is it okay. No, I was, yeah, literally yeah. Like, it was awkward. I was
1: literally like why is does it, it Harry was a James show? have to talk this whole time but it was like because usually I find James Corden quite like almost unbearable to watch, mm-hmm. just in carpool karaoke's when he's like singing over the artist and yeah. quite inserting himself, whatever. Like that's his whole shtick. Like, it is. He yeah. can do it, um, and he's ending the show soon, so I don't want to die on that hill of hating James no, Corden. Yeah, fair enough. Um, however, I agree. It was like. But it didn't even feel like he was inserting himself. It felt like Harry just didn't want to say No, anything. it
0: felt like Harry didn't want to be there. I know. The entire time. And it was like, if James wasn't inserting himself, there would have not been any sort of content. I know. But maybe Harry was real tired because he's doing all this promo. Oh, fuck yeah. I don't blame the guy. No, neither. Jesus Christ. And also going into a girl's apartment, like, where they're like... Fanning I over know. you, I mean, it would probably be the same if you ever met us. But no, it
1: would be, but that would be like nightmare material, no, honestly. For like, us,
0: yeah, but like it would be cool. For, it would be awful to no. be in his shoes. I know, I just would hate it. It's, oh
1: my god, I know. So um, great tangent though, Liv. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back to Liam. Painful. So basically, okay, we always want to caveat these things by saying something about Liam feels like he's going through something. Like. Yeah. Just the way he was using alcohol um, during the podcast. Like, I've listened to the whole thing. I, like, wanted to know what everyone was going wild about on Twitter. And, like, it does seem like with all these events, he's sort of losing himself. He's going through something. I just think we can. We always need to
0: caveat shit with that because we've seen Kanye. I agree. And it's hard being in the public eye. And yeah. it's hard people dissecting every single fucking word that you're saying. Yes. But, yeah. But in saying
1: that... Um, he went on this podcast yeah. and he he did have odd behavior, but it was just, like, kind of narcissistic behavior. It
0: was like when, oh, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, almost martyrish. Like, I'm... Above everything and everyone, like, but I also don't really care. Yeah, exactly. But I'm trying really hard to like be this sort of zen guy. Yeah, I don't know. It just it did. It, it came was, across odd. It
1: was just really random. So he just, I mean, he made all these calls. It starts off about him talking about how he fought Quavo shirtless in a bar, and then the podcast host is sort of like, "Yeah, why are you shirtless all the time?" And he's like, "Oh well, like." I'm really proud of my body at the what moment. Did he say like, I used to be a huge guy yeah, or something like that? It's like he he didn't even and but like he's proud of his body. He's whipped his shirt off all the time, like go off. Then he talked about how One Direction was essentially formed around him because Simon yeah. Cowell brought him back and, I don't know, built the band around him. Like, there's parts of this that I think have some truth. Like, obviously, Simon Cow, he auditioned two years before mm-hmm. One Direction was a thing. Simon Cow knew who he was. He could sing. He did hold the boys together in terms at, of at timing. At the start as yeah. well. I
0: do remember him sort of being, like, the front-facing guy and then slowly it transitioned to yeah. sort of, like, Harry and Zane coming to the front.
1: Yeah. And, like, he, you know, he had to literally aggressively slap his leg so the boys would stay on beat. Like, yeah. he did teach them a lot but also like he said that he was the inception of One Direction
0: and like he just hyperbolized a lot of shit did, hey he did he but s- then also trying to come across like he didn't give a fuck it's like you do you're trying to tell everyone that you're no, like why else would you be on the podcast 100%. like you're losing relevancy
1: like Harry's having this big moment like it's really funny everyone's saying like Harry's playing Coachella and you are at an after party at Coachella trying to fight people <laughs> like
0: there's <Honestly>. <laughs> and it was like the whole time he was sitting sat there on the panel and everyone was like kind of guessing. Him up, but in a sort of like we're not really sure about this guy sort of way, yes. like it was just all a bit awkward. And, and Did you see the bit in the podcast where um Logan Paul goes, I think
1: your girl just spilled her coke, and then he goes, Oh, baby, or something, and it's like, yuck. Oh God. anyway, um, he continues, like, he actually spoke. Really nicely about Louis saying, mm. like, after saying he basically came to blows with people behind the stage, which I don't know who he came to blows with. Oh, and then he said that cringe thing that was like, oh my God, no. If that you don't, <laughs> what did he say? If you don't put those hands down, there There's is a, a high chance, chance you're going to lose
0: them. them. <laughs> Anyone that says something like that is just inherently a bit of an arsehole, well, I Well, yeah.
1: And then he said, what well, he also said, like, um, I made it quite known to the band that I didn't take any shit. I'm not going to tell you how. Like, oh,
0: my God. <laughs> I'll
1: leave it to the imagination. Oh, he was so cringe. He, yeah, but he said about Louis, like, some people had their voice in the band on stage and some people found it in leadership behind the stage. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. He spoke quite well about Louis. But maybe that's because he doesn't see Louis as a threat. Um, he also bragged about doing illegal things but never getting caught for doing them, which was really cringe. It was when he was talking about his, quote, unquote, feud with Justin Bieber. And he was like, oh, yeah, Justin Bieber's been naughty or in the past or whatever got caught doing illegal things and Liam was sort of like yeah I did them all I
0: just didn't get caught doing them Like, oh my god I know like, and that whole thing it's like yeah you know, I just went into Biebs trailer oh, and like no, it just I like puts him. himself on this weird fucking <laughs> pedestal and it's just like the whole way that all of those guys were talking about Justin Bieber was like yeah you know like we in with <laughs> the Biebs.
1: Um and then he made the bold bold climbs live that he outsold everybody in the band oh. with his one billion streams one billion <laughs> albums or something <laughs> record sales with Quavo and I mean that's
0: been quite heavily fact checked <laughs> on the web that like how can you just say something blatantly untrue? like do not understand the yeah, internet that's like, literally, I'm gonna, I, there's fact checkers everywhere you can't get away with that sort of shit anymore
1: that's why he was on Impulsive and not <laughs> Jimmy Fallon oh, right really. as if Jimmy Fallon would let him say I like outsold all the members of the band <laughs> um, he talked about in One Direction he would enjoy the minibar and smash up the hotel room oh, no
0: no no, no. Why? Well, (laughs) what he found so funny is he kept referring to One Direction as a rock band
1: oh and he said like our last few albums slowly pivoted to rock
0: towards rock
1: and then he couldn't say the member of the Eagles that was apparently really obsessed with one of their songs he was like oh yeah from the Eagles whatever his name is and I was like
0: like, as though
1: you're above them. the egos.
0: No. No, I just found that so funny, and he said something about no one wants to be part of a cheesy boy band. I'm like, you were a cheesy boy band, and you should own it. Like, you sh- you were Harry not- owns
1: it. Yeah, like, you were not rock no. stars. Well, actually, the last two albums are, like, trying to be rock. Yeah. Like, almost fully trying to be rock, but the first three, or the first two, at least, are pure bubblegum pop sugar.
0: Oh, my God. It's just, that was just really funny to me, because he wanted to be seen as, like, One Direction Fleetwood Mac, no, like, on the same.
1: Like, Oh, he, they just got to own it, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he said he has perfect pitch, like Charlie Puth, but because he never learned to play the piano or whatever, he just like never could put it to use.
0: It's like, how did he slide that in there? <laughs> no, he said his five-year-old has <laughs> perfect did pitch. I know.
1: That's weird, from. He said his five-year-old was going to be the most successful person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> He said, his five-year-old had Perfect Pitch. I know. I
0: was just like, oh, oh my gosh. God, 5 year olds can't talk that well, let no. alone. No. My five-year-old had Perfect
1: Pitch. And no, he couldn't even call it Perfect Pitch. He was just like, that yeah, I've got a thing called Jolly Oh my God.
0: Oh, no, that was, was that a was method. a peak. That was a peak of the interview.
1: Okay, a few more
0: things. Shed a layer, Lucy. Shed a layer. Okay, I've had to shed
1: a liar with all that laughter. Um, <laughs> um, he said he's got a lot of companies and he's big in biotech. How <laughs> did he, he manage to fill all of these things? It's like he came in with a checklist. <laughs> Like, if I'm not going to succeed at singing, at least let me name
0: seven other things that I could do. <laughs> and the fact that I winked at my judge and now she's my baby mama. Oh,
1: and what did he say? He was like, oh yeah, that's a dangerous weapon or something. We're like, yes.
0: Have you seen the meme? No. Have you seen the video of him winking at her in the audition? Oh,
1: yes, but it makes me cringe. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. And
0: then lastly,
1: and this was the bit that fans really sort of got up in arms about on the internet, was there was the chat that he had about Zane. Yeah. So Logan brings up that um, his brother, Jake Paul, had an altercation with Zayn and then Basically, as soon as Zane's name gets brought up, Liam starts sighing, like, mm. ugh, Zane, like, yes, let's talk. But then, I'm actually not going to lie, I did not think that, and this always happens with the internet, that what he said actually lined up with the level of, like, outrage over what he said about Zane. I definitely agree. So he says, he, like, Basically, all he says is there's many reasons why I dislike Zayn, but there are many reasons why I'll always, always be on his side. And then I've sort of paraphrased this. If I had to go through what he went through, his growth and whatever else, my parents are overly supportive to the point where it's annoying at times. Zayn had a different upbringing in that sense, which is that's the bit, that one line that people Mm. were sort of like, has kind of racist undertones because he's sort of just saying he doesn't really
0: understand Zayn's upbringing. Which I can understand because he's obviously the only member of that band that isn't white. Yes, exactly. And, And so it was like... Bro, you can't just brush there off that. There was them. definitely just an inference there. Yes. And just, like, a lack of understanding, I think. Yeah,
1: a yeah. lack of understanding that he, obviously, he didn't, he intended for that um, to help him saying that he intended for it to be, like, he didn't have all the support that he should have, mm-hmm. and that's why he was like this, but it didn't come off that way, which I get. Um, and then he said, I don't agree with any of his actions, and I can't be on his side about any of that, about, like, his aggressive shit that he's been through Um, but what I can say is I understand and my only hope is that the person on the other end of the phone wants to receive the help that you're willing to give them and like it was a very short chat where he didn't really like comment on Zayn's actions or, like, come for him that bad. Like, no. Yes, he probably shouldn't have even... Sp- None of the other boys have gone on and aired any laundry about One Direction, so he should not... He should have kept Zayn's n- name out of his mouth.
0: And especially Zayn's upbringing. If Zayn... Like, I don't know whether Zane has come and talked about his upbringing publicly, so. but it's like, that's not your place yes. to do so. Um, I do think that... Again, it just everything he said came with like that twinge of ego. Yes, or, like all that big spoonful of ego, and it was sort of like you know, like my family's better. Yeah, well, like, just like I, I can't help everyone, sort of thing, yeah. like that kind of sentiment. Which is like I get that. Hopefully, it's coming from a nice place. Mm. Which like I think. He well, just obviously when I listened,
1: I was sort of like because I went in thinking it was going to be way, way more oh, aggressive. Yeah, than I know. It was. To
0: be honest, when I saw. Like all of the media commentary and like some TikToks and shit, I thought that because I went in and watched the whole thing yeah. as well, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. So
1: did I. Yeah. Just I just thought him like quote unquote bad mouthing Zion was going to yeah. be longer and worse, and, yeah. but instead he just did this caveat and then they moved on. Yes. Um. But still, none of the boys have spoken about any of this shit, so he should not be like just trying to get in there first. And anyway, um. That's Liam painful. <laughs> I feel like I tried to make that quick, but then it ended up, it was actually, there was too much. Oh, too much to say, but it was
0: all quite content, so.
1: Anyway, Liv, that's our only naughty or nice story today. I think it was naughty of Liam to go on that pod. Yeah, I think it was overall
0: naughty, but again, like, the public outrage, again, just does like, the crime does not, no, what is The, the punishment? punishment just is not fitting the crime. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. These days.
1: So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Cisco supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio, which costs money to hire, with an audio engineer who we've got to pay, and every week we're researching, scripting, and hosting this thing for you, all which takes time, resources, and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here, space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so much. Bye. Just before we launch into this next segment on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, we should put a content warning because obviously we're going to be talking about abuse and it's going to get heavy. It can't not with this um, chat we're about to have. So I would recommend listening through to it if you can. I think it'll be really helpful and meaningful. But if it's too much for you, honestly, just stop it here and wait for our Love Island podcast that's about to roll out.
0: Okay, Luce, here we are, part two. Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. Um, oh my God, there was just so much to look into, so much to research, so much to watch with this case. So if I've missed anything, please just either let us know or just go carry on with your days. <laughs> oh,
1: because honestly, Liv does the heavy lifting on these research sides of the podcast. And I am so fatigued of media coverage of all the op-eds of everything about this. So it's hard
0: to even make your own opinion. It really is hard to make your own opinion and a lot of the media is skewed one way or the other. There's not a whole lot of articles that I've read that I'm like okay you guys have really valid points. I mean like Most have some valid points, but it's always... Just for one side or the other. Yeah, it's really, really frustrating. So I think where we'll start is just a brief recap of kind of where we left off the last episode. So when we had talked last time, I think we were about three weeks through the trial, halfway through, we'd heard from Johnny's witnesses. um, And the takeaway moments was that Johnny was declaring that he was a victim of domestic abuse and that Amber was the aggressor in their relationship. He said that he had never physically or sexually abused a woman. He had written some very fucked up text about not only Amber, but there was one about his ex-partner, the mother of his children as well. There was an argument about a prenup, well, allegedly about the prenup, where Amber allegedly threw a vodka bottle at Johnny Depp, which sliced off the tip of his finger. Psychologist Shannon Curry had diagnosed Amber with borderline personality disorder and histrionic disorder. And there were speakings of mutual abuse by their marriage therapist. There was a whole lot of other shit that went on as well. These were kind of like the tip of the iceberg, the most memorable moments from that side of things. So now we have heard from Amber's side of the trial. And I'm just going to run through the sort of major takeaways of her um, testimony and the witnesses on her behalf. So she has accused Johnny Depp of a pattern of violence under the influence of drugs and alcohol. That was a huge thing on her side of things, the substance abuse by Johnny Depp and the way that it related to domestic abuse. She said that he allegedly sexually assaulted her with a bottle under the influence of MDMA. Here's a quote from her testimony. I'm looking in his eyes and I don't see him anymore. Um, I've never been so scared in my life. Psychologist Dawn Hughes, um, who was a forensic psychologist, also evaluated Amber. And she testified that she believed Amber was suffering from PTSD, from spousal abuse. um, And she rejected the personality disorder diagnosis. Amber's sister, Whitney, testified that she had witnessed Johnny grab Amber by her hair and hit her repeatedly in her face. Amber admitted to hitting Johnny in the face during that confrontation to protect her sister as she had heard a rumor about Johnny Depp pushing Kate Moss down the stairs and and was really scared that he would do the same to her sister. But then... Kate Moss came up and said that Johnny had never pushed her down the stairs and that she slipped down the stairs while the two were together in the 90s. Two of Amber's friends testified that they witnessed injuries from when Johnny allegedly headbutted Amber and tore clumps of her hair from her head. A makeup artist said she remembered covering up injuries with makeup for Amber's appearance on The Late Late Show with James Corden. Um, A former agent of Depp's testified that Depp became increasingly unprofessional on movie sets, showing up late, increased drug and alcohol use, and often having to wear an earpiece to be fed lines, which kind of goes against the argument that it was the op-ed that ruined Johnny's career. Mm. There were also kind of testimonies that Johnny's Johnny Depp was becoming increasingly unprofessional before that happened so that was sort of again the takeaway points of her side of the trial again a whole lot of other shit went down so we have had a verdict which I'm sure most of you are very well aware of so Johnny Depp came out on top monetarily so he was to receive 10.4 million dollars from Amber this was because they had proven that she had defamed him on like three counts or something like that. And then she was to get $2 million from him. And this was because a lawyer said a sentence that defamed her, which was saying that the abuse was a hoax, Mm -hmm. basically, which is why she got $2 million. And we need to remember that this case wasn't about whether Depp abused Amber or whether she abused him. It was a defamation case, and therefore this turned into a trial of character and credibility. That was sort of the whole... Thing, right? So, Johnny
1: was found, um, so Amber was found guilty of defaming
0: Johnny. Of defaming Johnny. So, the statement at the heart of this lawsuit was. The title of her op-ed piece, which said, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. And then also two sentences within the piece, which were, then two years ago I became a public figure representing domestic abuse and felt the full force of our culture's wrath for the woman who speak out. And then also, I had a rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. So those were sort of the statements that they were trying to say defamed Johnny Depp. Um, So her didn't actually write any of them. The post editor, the the editor at the publication that she published it on, um, wrote the headline, and then the op-ed was actually ghostwritten. The jury found all three statements... To be false, to be clearly about Johnny Depp and to tell the readers something defamatory and then to also have been intended by Amber Heard to be defamatory and to have been known to be false by Amber Heard um, as proved by clear and convincing evidence. So that's what the jury ruled. And those were the statements that the jury was ruling on.
1: Yeah, and I know that in the States, it's usually really hard to prove that someone has defamed you. Like what Mm -hmm. you were talking about just then um, was that like she knowingly published false information and she had like disregard, what is it, blatant disregard for the truth, Yeah, which is what is called actual malice. So I, I remember reading all the headlines when it came out and being like, what does it mean that she acted with actual malice? And it's like, okay, well, it means that the jury has now found that she knew what the truth was and sort of kind of intentionally manipulated the
0: situation. Right. And so this is what we're talking about on, it was a case of credibility basically to be like, who is Amber? What's she like? Are these statements, something that she would have made up to attack Johnny? Mm. Um, And so basically this whole trial has been like really upsetting for everyone involved Um, and it's been awful to witness like a pretty hellish relationship between hum- two human beings. I always think like, oh, my God, that that's meant to be like a warm space, like a safe mm-hmm. space in their life. And this is what it's come to. But what the truly awful thing here, I think, is the way that kind of society and everyone on social media and the media has responded to the trial. And the way that we have absolutely disregarded a whole lot of nuances of domestic assault Mm -hmm. and domestic violence um and the major misogynistic undercurrent of like a lot of really half-baked analysis that's Mm -hmm. going through tiktok and even like major publications people just trying to get the first word out which is Mm
1: -hmm. like just not full like fully fleshed out at all or nice or Mm -hmm. kind or like understanding yeah i agree that which is why we're seeing so much of like the whole Me Too movement existed so that women felt like there was a safe space to speak up. And then we see a case which is about defamation, not even about abuse. abuse. And it's basically telling women that if you're willing to go through something like this, then go on, speak up. But if you're not willing to go through this, even though that won't be the case every time, it's just like this fucked up precedent has been oh, set. For sure. That like maybe this will happen to you. I mean, yeah. defamation... Cases are usually settled out of court because no one wants their embarrassing or their horrible history shown to the oh world. Oh my God,
0: the humiliation that both sides yeah. have faced during... Like, but it's because, I, it's because like, they ch- did choose yeah, they did. to be...
1: Like, they seem similar personality types and, like, this is something that,
0: for fucked up reasons... Both a bit of ego, both a bit of pride, yeah. like, they were trying to...
1: Like, this has been broadcast. They didn't just settle this out of court. They were like, they both obviously thought they were right.
0: And now, like, the best we can do is fucking learn from it. A hundred percent. And, yeah, Lucy's touched on the kind of implications of the Me Too movement, which we will go into a bit later on because that's, like, a huge topic of discussion. Um, But first, I kind of wanted to talk about was I received this newsletter of underrated ideas in psychology. This is going to be relevant. Mm -hmm. Just (laughs) Mm -hmm. bear with me a little bit. Um, So this newsletter is by a guy called Adam Mastroianni. He writes about this psychological phenomenon called the focusing illusion. And I'm just going to read out this excerpt because I think it is so relevant to the way that we have reacted to this trial. He says the focusing illusion. Um, There's a whole big world out there and we only have two eyes to see it with and one brain to think about it. We can't behold everything at once, so we have to pick one thing at a time and filter the rest. And the mental process of picking and filtering is called attention. You might think that attention is a window between our brains and the world. You can peer over here and peer over there like a submarine twisting its periscope around. And that's mostly true, except the window is also a magnifying glass, enlarging whatever you see through it. Simply attending to something can make that thing seem more important than it really is. So our brains are only capable of seeing what we are used to seeing and our like, belief system that we already have. Um, and it can hyperbolize and minimize things that we see in our environment or media or whatever it is. And I guess it kind of works hand in hand with confirmation bias, which is something that we've talked about before, Luz. Hey, it's like when you already have a certain set of beliefs, you will go through the world and you will just pick up and focus on things that already attribute to that, that belief. That confirm your beliefs. Yeah, exactly. So the way that I see it in regards to this trial is that If you're a guy or even a girl or whoever you are, if you're a person and you're somewhat scared of the Me Too movement and the implications it might have on you or your friends, your brain sort of unbeknownst to you, this is quite a subconscious thing, is looking for the threat of a woman to say what you deem is a false claim about you or someone that you care about, right? So... Everything people say in regards to sexual assault, your brain is probably subconsciously ignoring a lot of the solid argument of what they're saying, and instead it's focusing on the few holes or inconsistencies within that person's story of what's happened to them. Because so, you're
1: constantly thinking, how can what this person's saying affect me, 100%. even if you don't realise you're thinking yeah, that?
0: Yeah, exactly. So your brain is literally being like to you, oh, what they're saying about like what happened to them, the brutal things that you know occurred, that doesn't matter to you, right? We're going to focus on the fact that, oh, but she said- She did it too. Yeah, or she like, she took drugs too. She's saying that he he did something, but it couldn't have happened at that point in time or whatever it is. Or in Amber Heard's case, she said that she had a bruise and she covered it up with a certain sort of makeup that wasn't even around at that time. Mm-hmm. And so like Johnny Depp, wacky and wonderful characters that we grew up with, such as like Captain Jack Sparrow, Edward Scissorhands, Whatever, like, you're not just seeing Johnny Mm Depp. Whereas with Amber Heard, like, no one really knew who she was, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, like, for people that have been skeptical, scared, or intimidated by the Me Too movement, I feel like they've been waiting for that rare case where there is more or seemingly more evidence stacked against the woman than the man, right? Mm -hmm. And Amber Heard was the perfect scapegoat for this. Mm -hmm. Firstly, she's an actress – yeah. So that doesn't bode well for her, right? People are like, well, she's an actress. She comes across very dramatic on the stand. She's always looking at the jury. Like, there are things about Amber Heard. She seems manipulative, yeah. right, from from just the way that she acts. Um, money was also involved. So especially the prenup, like, people love to talk about, you know, gold-digging woman and everything. Um, She was also previously in the media for an alleged assault against her previous partner, even though her previous partner has said that that was majorly dramatised.
1: We would have chosen to focus on the, like, not the bit where it was (laughs) known to be dramatised, but the Mm -hmm. bit where it was like she allegedly abused her
0: partner. 100%. So we're focusing on all of these things about Amber Heard because... I mean, I'm even including myself in this when when I first was kind of, like, reading media and stuff. I didn't want Johnny Depp to be a bad guy. And it was, like, I don't know why. Like, probably subconsciously because I've watched all his movies. Yeah. I'm, like, he comes across really softly spoken. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the mother of his children wrote that really lovely testament about him, like, having 14 wonderful years with him. And, like, just... I think part of us all just really hopes that not every fucking guy out there is like this, right? And he seems like a very kind of, like, family guy. Yeah. So I think that we were all so quick to disregard all of the fucked up shit that went on in Johnny Depp's side of things, like, the text that he was writing like all of the shit that he was saying about her was crazy like a lot of the audio things about where he's like shouting at her for speaking Mm -hmm. to him in an authoritative tone things like that that if we didn't know him and we didn't know her that would objectively be like wow that's a very controlling sort of behavior right oh god yeah i literally listened to an
1: episode of the daily this morning about the trial and as i was hearing some of the recordings that were playing i was like Why did I ever think or did the internet or anyone ever think that, like, it was fine for us to even make a call on this? Or it was fine for us to be, like, watching TikToks of people going, pro-Johnny outside the court. Like, sorry, why do we operate in extremes?
0: Why is it one of the 100% (laughs) we are operating in such extremes. And how can we not see this? Like, it is wild. And Uh, it's like,
1: I hate... I hate saying, it's not even all of our fault that we do this, but I am like, unless you sit down and watch the whole thing, listen to everything there is to know, and like, which is why maybe it shouldn't have been broadcast for all of us, but it was, and we just need to learn from it. Like, unless you've seen everything, the only thing you have to go off is the snippets that you see, and like, of course you're going to make a decision, when programmed to make decisions on one or the other. 100%, and
0: we're programmed to make decisions on what we focus on in our lives and the fact that like we all think we're objective people like humans just are not inherently objective like we all see the world so so differently so if I ate cornflakes growing up
1: every day on my way to school before I went to school and you ate books growing up every day on the way to school then if we got to school and we had to take a poll of like what do you like better? Yeah, of course, one of you is going to vote for cornflakes and one who's going to vote for. Yeah, like if your dad eats cornflakes every day, you're probably going to eat. It. Like yeah, it's just it's like <laughs> you can't say that like your upbringing doesn't cha- change your
0: bias. No, like, exactly. Like every single thing in your life yeah. changes your bias. So if you've been a victim of domestic abuse, the likelihood is you're going to side with Amber Heard because you know what it's like to maybe be in that stand, mm-hmm. or you know what it's like to to have those awful, awful things done to you that she's accusing Johnny Depp of. But then imagine if you're a guy and your friend has been accused of sexual assault and he's your best friend in the world and then he says that this girl's lying. Like, Mm. you know, and there's so many people out there like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, it's just so, so, so complicated. And we're trying to fit this, like, incredibly gray area into a black box and a white box. Yeah. And it's just not possible. Um, so I think the widespread public hate is the real villain in this oh, yeah. case, like a hundred percent. And it's like, are you team Amber or Team Johnny? What do you think about this? And it's like, why do we need to Like it's not Twilight, like why they're even teams? A hundred percent. Like these are like fucked up toxic relationships that have so many different facets. And
1: like in the end they both lost, but Amber lost way more heavily, or a woman in
0: the major movement, mm. I reckon, lost more. Pretty, pretty heavily. Um, there was also definitely another psychological phenomenon at play during this trial, which is a term called fraud which is basically when you take glee in watching another person be humiliated, and that's a hundred percent what was happening um michelle dorber this is a quote from the new york times a law professor from stanford university who studies gender violence said she has been unnerved by the display of schadenfreude over miss Heard's debasement in a public forum there is a glee a kind of delight that is being taken in watching her be humiliated which just is so so true and how sad is that Mm.
1: and it's like it doesn't surprise me because i mean we grew up watching like America's funniest home videos fail army like all these things that people just embarrass yes, themselves on a mass scale. Has day. been
0: primed for this. I know it's so fucked like, up. Like everything
1: you're saying is like I can think back to my childhood and I can be like, this is exactly why I'm interested in watching this. Or like yes. it's just we have had no chance and now TikTok has made it so much easier to mass
0: spread, mass spread, and they pick these thirty seconds of the most extreme, you know, sentences within a case that's lasting like six weeks, six weeks, right? And they're chucking that into 30 second segments. And, like, just think next time you're on TikTok and you're reading up about any sort of, like, political or social issue. It's just, like, that is your – that's your first base, right? Maybe yeah. you'll hear about something through that. Please just go and read a couple of articles. Like – I know. There's actually a great quote because I was going to talk about TikTok and
1: this, but I thought yeah. it was all too straightforward. I thought, mm. like, we know what happened. Is yeah. It's way more Team Johnny, quote unquote, than Team Amber. So, of course, we will
0: – and – And the algorithm yeah, and – Yeah, and the people that are making
1: money off of this are the social media platforms. Like, I'm For, sorry. Sure, sure. It's they making- them making money off of our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought a really good quote from um, Amanda Ness in the New York Times just said, and this is exactly what happened to me, I did not follow the defamation trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. It followed me. Uh- exactly yes, me i didn't absolutely. i didn't follow it at all i didn't absolutely. particularly care until it became this big thing that showed how fucked up we all were in the
0: media and on the internet a hundred percent it was like a mirror of like how we fucking think about these issues in this <laughs> in a really fucking awful way um yeah and sort of as we have touched on but we're going to go into a little deeper that we can't talk about amber Heard and johnny depp Um, without talking about the implications it has on the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. This is an excerpt from a Rolling Stone article. Maureen Curtis, Vice President of Criminal Justice Programs at victim assistance organisation Safe Horizon, says the verdict is, and in quote, one more way of silencing survivors and taking away the real option they have by speaking out against their abusers in the media. Indeed, this seems to already be happening. Um, Taylor says that she has already been contacted by hundreds of survivors wishing to retract public statements they have made in the press. It's a scary place to be.
1: I'm so glad you brought this up because mm. while I feel like your overarching thoughts have been psychological, like, why have we done this? How are we reacting to this? In classic Lucy and Love being different, yeah. my overarching thought was about, like, sort of, the legalities or like the playbook that has now been put out there for people to follow especially men which is like it's legitimized this way of if you think someone's defamed you uh, like even if you've abused them you can say like even if you are guilty Mm. of abusing them you can take them to court for for defamation that can be your new playbook and and that's fucking terrifying and like it's it's fucked up because Johnny Depp's lawyer has already had other people coming to him being like, I see what you did to Johnny for Johnny. I need you to do it for me. And it's
0: just so hard because obviously in this case, like, there was abuse on both sides. It was a horrible, horrible relationship. And it's not your classic domestic abuse case. Yes. Like, and people are using it as this kind of, like... Oh, here's the loophole where yeah. I can, like,
1: even if I've done this thing, it's fine because everyone loves a redemption story and it's like you can redeem yourself because everyone's going to forget about the abuse of the things you did and just remember that maybe the person lied
0: about it in an op-ed. Like, yeah, exactly. It's it's really fucking freaky. But kind of on the other side of that, I mean, there have been some huge claims by some people saying this is basically the end of the Me Too movement, um, saying, like, it's the death of the entire movement. Which but, I don't think is true. Which I also don't think is true. And the founder, Tarana Burke, um, disagrees that this is the end of the movement. She says, the Me Too movement isn't dead, the system is dead, Um, She wrote this on Twitter. This is the same legal system that y'all have been relying on for justice and accountability for decades to no avail. When you get the verdict you want, the movement works. When you don't, it's dead, which is so fucking true. She said when Weinstein went to jail, it was, Me Too is winning. And then when Cosby came home, it was like, Me Too is losing. This just seems to be, again, extremes, right? Again, it's not
1: even about winners and losers. And again, I do hate that this trial has... Also sort of reiterated the fact that if you have more money and more resource, you'll win your case because it's sort of what happened.
0: It is, yeah, Um, it's sort of what happened. It's just this trial is so hard because obviously there did seem to be elements of manipulation, right? definitely. And, And this is so hard and this was actually... There was a piece on The Guardian, and it had sort of like five snippets of opinions from mm. females mm-hmm. um, sort of about the relation between this case and the meme to movement. This was one that i don 't totally agree with, but I kind of it 's kind of on the other side of the scale, just mm-hmm. to give you guys a bit of kind of balance balance, yeah. Um, why are some feminists buying into the narrative that Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial is a fatal blow to Me Too we have always known there would be false allegations of abuse among genuine Me Too disclosures some women lie just as some men do and we knew that women would continue to not be believed Me Too is about removing systemic barriers that prevent the abuse of women being treated seriously it is about treating women as believable and their allegations as important there's no reason why Heard's loss should undermine that which I Mm. I definitely agree with. I just think she's she's taking that Amber Heard is inherently uh, lying, oh, right. which which I don't fully agree with yeah. because I think that we'll actually never know what we'll never the know. There were
1: elements of truth and lies within all within of it. All and it of wasn't it. even about there were like, inconsistencies
0: on both sides. I mean, yeah, it, it's not even about that. It's right? It's not even it's, about that. It's not even about that. Um, I thought uh, just this is just a really interesting thing that I've just thought of just mm. then. And it's
1: like. The fact that it was a jury case, like it had a seven-person jury or whatever, yeah. those jury members are also, like, not immune to... They would go home and get on TikTok and see all of that shit as well. That you, They weren't banned from the internet or anything. Were they like, not banned? No, because oh my god Yeah, you can't be banned like they would have gone home they're allowed to live their private lives they're not allowed to talk about the case obviously but sorry they would be getting on TikTok as well and as much as you're trying to I mean I'm guessing they would have tried to stay away from it like they're good they've
0: obviously been told to to, stay away from it but who the fuck is but like you know.
1: Yeah, they would... You couldn't hide from it. Could you hide from it? No. No, I didn't even look for the case and I couldn't hide from it. So I'm just... I was just thinking just then, there is no way that also the jury wasn't immune. So that's how big TikTok's influence actually could be. Oh, and it's
0: huge. And I saw um, on TikTok that there was an apparent juror that came on afterwards and then was answering all of these questions about the case and it's like they didn't put their face in and they were like user two three nine eight or like God. whatever it was. But it's like anyone could come on and pretend that they were a juror. Surely
1: that's like surely you can't talk about it for a set amount of time or something.
0: Yeah, but honestly it's like usually And then it up again we don't even know
1: if that is a juror, if it's just someone no, wanted to get the fifteen. Exactly
0: seconds. and he was like super saying that um the Amber Hood was quote unquote crazy and all of this sort of shit and like people were asking was it unnerving when she was looking at you this person was being like yeah it was like super unnerving that's that's kind of what made me turn against her sort of thing oh, like god. all of this shit and I was just like it's the dumbest shit ever oh my god it's like that 15 minutes
1: of fame yeah. sort of thing yeah everyone will just get it where they can take it and like all at the expense of like these two people who have both both been avu- abused and
0: who have both like mentally unstable. Yeah. And like and have turned to each other. I feel they really st- struck me as two people that really romanticized those sort of um rocky relationships, those turbulent relationships because you know they had that they had this journal where they'd write love letters to each other and mm-hmm. all of this shit and it's like that whole, like, yeah, we might hate each other sometimes, but really our love prevails. Like, there yeah. was that sort of sentiment, which shows how dangerous that sort of sentiment is. Oh, like, it's yeah. much more healthy to have, like, a consistently loving, maybe not the most thrilling relationship in the world, as opposed to, like, you know, someone that you'd die for, yeah. Um And then, but also that's got this dark edge to it. Like it's just, they were tortured artists. Yeah, yeah, that whole sentiment, right? Um, I thought this was a good quote from the LA Times as kind of like something to wrap up how we should see, try and see this case. Um, It says, perhaps if we're lucky, all the attention will illuminate all the despicable Acts, the term "rocky relationship" can hide, and more important, serve as a warning to anyone whose partner is behaving in an erratic or violent way. The situation isn't going to get better on its own. Like, I think that's so the true. only take—like, good takeaway yeah. we can have from this case. Right? Look,
1: the only good takeaway is literally that is literally that we learn something, whether it's about the internet, whether yeah. it's about relationships,
0: defamation. If you wanted to, you could learn so much about abusive relationship throughout this case and the complexities of it. Right? Yes. Like. If you weren't choosing to focus on the wrong thing. On the sides and all of that bullshit.
1: So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. (laughs) And just for the record, I know on this podcast, it's really hard to get on here and, like, speak about all this from, as you just heard, it's really hard to be balanced about anything. But we're trying our best. And I think it's, like, maybe at some points you thought we sounded like we were pro-Amber, or some points you thought we were pro-Johnny. And we're not pro-anyone. We are pro, like... Learning from this case that was forced onto our TikTok feeds and onto our news feeds and pro-taking away something that isn't going to make
0: us feel like the world is turning to shit every day of our lives. Exactly. Because this is an extreme relationship and most relationships are actually really lovely and loving. It's just we're always exposed to the extremities and it is exhausting. It is
1: exhausting. Live. What is on your radar this
0: week? Maybe something a bit less exhausting now that we don't have to watch this fucking yes. trial
1: play out in front of our eyes.
0: This might have actually been on your radar a while ago, but Scam started oh. to re-watch it. Did you? Yeah. Nice. Well, because I also – this is a recommendation as well that I think I've actually recommended before, but I hadn't watched it yet. Um, It's a Norwegian film called The Worst Person in the World, and I watched it the other day, and it was so, so good, and it just reminded me how much I loved Scam because that's a Norwegian show –
1: Oh, it's so good. I English. rewatched it when I had COVID. Yeah. It was the comfort show. It's light. It's
0: fun. It's so good. I mean, it's not actually the lightest, but. It's not the
1: lightest, but it's just, there's something cozy about
0: it. Yeah. It. Definitely. Luce, what's on your radar? Love Island. Oh yes. Naturally
1: Love Island. I just need it to fill me up every day of the week, except for maybe Sundays or whatever day we don't get it. I'm really excited for we it. We need
0: some love after this shit show. Oh my
1: god, we actually do. <laughs> oh. So tune in each week because we're gonna have a little mini Love Island debrief for you.
0: We are so excited. I'm so
1: excited. I can't wait. Um, as always, thank you to we have a we have a new producer today, Jane Yee. A new new face in the studio. Thanks, Jane you Thanks, Liv, for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Jane for walking in on me on the bathroom because I forgot to lock the door. <laughs> God. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye.